0: All right. Well, thank you, Pastor, for the great opportunity. This is the very first time I've been to Lavington Baptist Church. Can you believe it? And um, I've been pre- preach my first, very first sermon about 1980. So I know I don't look that old enough to do that, but I was, I was two years old at the time, and uh, no, <laughs> but. Um, uh, this is our 33rd year in full-time ministry as, an, as uh, in, in evangelism, and uh, before that I was uh, as assistant pastor in Sydney and other uh, ministries we had, but um, yeah, I'm, we're just coming towards the end of uh, basically, it's 11 weeks, isn't it? An 11-week trip, um, starting in New Zealand for a, about a month, and then... Um, Central West of New South Wales, then Brisbane, then Sydney, then Adelaide, then Adelaide Hills for camp a couple of weeks ago, and then back to Adelaide, then Mount Gambier, and last weekend I was in uh, just down the road at Penella, and so um, yeah, God willing, uh, I actually um won't be home this week, uh, preaching uh, in Lake uh, Macquarie next weekend, and then hopefully home in about a week's time, but um, yeah, no, we've. uh, However, however, the Lord has done it. I'm usually in a in a different church nearly every weekend of the year, John. I just I forget where I am. That's why I have to take a picture everywhere I go, because <laughs> your photos are you know they're geo on the um, uh, on the iPhone, so I know where I've been um, because you just forget these things. But um, it's really good to be here. Now I know your pastor has preached for us in Coffs Harbour. Some that was a few years ago, bro. That was. Uh, some time ago, and he doesn't look any older. He doesn't look—he doesn't look a day over 85. He did, you know, it just doesn't happen, and and uh, uh, and, uh, and it's good to see your daughter next to you there. And anyway. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, no, it's it's good to see you, brother, and um, and, and actually there are some familiar faces here. Um, <clears throat> now, John's face is for, it's not a good face, but it's a familiar face, and um, and uh, brother Dave, you've got the beard, and I mean it just suits you. It makes us look younger, doesn't it? As I said, uh, I said to Robin the other day, I'm going to try and grow this, put it round on top of the head. <laughs> and glue it down and then we'll, you know, uh, but anyway, um, actually Robin said to me this morning, well at least you're growing hair somewhere, you know, but um, no, it's really good to be here and uh, it's actually really good to have Robin with me. Normally she doesn't travel with me, uh, her dad is 93 and um, you, did you remember Ron, Ron uh, Powell, anyway, he's, he's in aged care now but Robin's... Um, a carer for him and, uh, and of course there's lots of grandkids back in Coffs so that's sort of, that's an attraction you know. So they don't know who I am when I go home but they, um, they, they miss Robin so um, she'll be flying back uh, at some crazy hour tomorrow morning back to Coffs and then I'll mosey up the coast starting about half past five tomorrow morning. So um, it's a blessing to be here, thank you uh, very much. I was saved as a seven and a half year old boy in uh, the Doyle at the Doyleson Baptist Church Baptist Union Church it was 1969 uh Doyleson is a little uh, it's not even a town it's just a locality uh near Gosford if anyone knows where that is um south of Newcastle north of Gosford and um and I remember the day clearly as though it was yesterday there was an old fellow who was preaching that day his name was Norm Harris And some of the old timers in the churches that uh, I preach at today, some of them remember Norm Harris. He was the Baptist Union evangelist and had this incredible testimony. And he was preaching that day. I don't remember what he preached on, to be honest with you. I just knew that God got hold of me. And as a little uh, seven and a half year old uh, fatherless boy, um, skinny Boy, <laughs> I knew that I needed Jesus. And f- in fact, I don't even remember praying a sinner's prayer. And I'm not against a sinner's prayer, but I don't remember praying one. I just remember that was the day I believed. And the old fellow, uh, the old man, Bob Middleton, the old man that sort of sat down with me in the kitchen and shared some Bible verses with me. I remember he shared with me, John 1, 12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And I said, That's for, that verse is for me. Uh, I don't have an earthly father. My father died when I was three, and I don't have an earthly father. Uh, but now I can have a heavenly father. And I'm ever so, I'm ever so glad that the Lord saved me. And it's just, uh, uh, it's just a privilege. It's an honor to serve God thankfully God can hit straight with a crooked stick as they say and God just uh, you know we're we're, in fact we're all in the ministry whether it's full-time or whatever we're all supposed to be in the ministry if we are God's people will you take your Bible please turn to two places um, this evening Psalm 139 Psalm 139 I'm going to start there now, Pastor, I'm not quite sure. We've got a cup of tea coming, haven't we? Yeah, and a sort of a meal. So, I don't want to go too long tonight. I, you know, you can you can make the uh, the cooks a bit cranky if whatever's gets cold. You know, so I won't go too long tonight. John looks a bit hungry down there. But this is this is a message that um, has blessed my heart over the years, and um, we're going to start in Psalm 139. Then we're going to go over to Job 39. Psalm 139. Let me read a few verses here. We'll pray and then I will give uh, the message tonight. Psalm 139, verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret. And curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. I want to speak to you this morning, uh, this evening, on Lessons from a Big Bird. Uh, and let's uh, pray and ask for God's blessing. Thank you, Father. Uh, it, was a, it was a glorious winter's day today. And it was so much better because it's the Lord's day, your day. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings of the day. Uh, Lord, we had such a wonderful morning uh, at Benalla. And um, Lord, it's just good good to be here with the Lord's people. Father, we've just uh, listened to the song that the Comforter has come. And we pray now and ask for the filling of the dear Holy Spirit upon the speaker and the filling upon the listeners, Lord. We need Holy Spirit-filled uh, listeners as well as preachers. And Lord, I pray to that end that you'll have uh, you'll, you'll teach us and encourage us and, and maybe a little bit of conviction there if we need that as well this evening. And we'll thank you. Uh, we believe you'll answer this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, I was reading in my devotions yesterday, Leviticus 17, and verse 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and uh, and, and science now knows that. If you haven't got any blood left, you you're dead. The life of the flesh is in the blood, and we can know so much from looking at the blood. And we truly are, fearfully and wonderfully made and if you go into hospital what's the first thing they'll do Um, well I suppose if your heart's not working they'll pump your heart but apart from that they'll do a blood test and they can tell an awful lot of things by looking at your blood Um, I have a uh, a friend of mine in fact um, he's a good friend of uh, Brenton Honeychurch's as well Um, he's a Christian uh, man in Adelaide he's retired now but Dr. Pohl was um, the, uh, <clears throat> let me see, he was the director of, um, what, what was what was his title? He was, he, was, he was professor of anatomy at Adelaide University and he was the director of orthopaedics at Adelaide, Royal Adelaide Hospital. Uh, very clever man and to this day he's, he's world renowned for what he did and, and he's a lovely Christian man and a very strong creationist. About 15 years ago, my son David and I were, were, I was preaching at the church there in Adelaide and we went round and had dinner with um, Anthony and his his dear wife at their house and we spent a lot of time there talking to him about, about different things. And he shared this little story with me. He said as an orthopedic surgeon, they had developed or, or they, not developed, but they discovered a protein which if injected into a wound site sped up the uh, the healing of the wound. Now, being orthopedic surgeon, he would do, you know, hip replacements and knee replacements, and actually he did a lot of trauma, uh, trauma surgery as well. And he uh, found they found that this protein sped up the recovery. And he said, brother, he said over over dinner, he said, this protein. Is made up of 43 amino acids. Now I don't want I don't know what a protein is, and I sorely don't know what an amino acid is, but I believe him. He said there's 43 little amino acids there, and he says they're all in the right line to make up this protein. He said uh, <clears throat> if if those amino acids are not in the right order, it's not the protein. The protein doesn't work. So he said, I got a mathematician friend of mine from Adelaide to to basically work out the uh, probability of those 43 amino acids forming up in the right line by chance. So he did all the calculations. He said the probability of this simple little 43 amino acid protein forming up uh, in the right uh, sequence by chance is 1 in 10 to the 80th power. That's 10 with 80 zeros. Now, scientists tell us, astronomers tell us, there is one... Uh, there, are, there are 10 to the 75th power electrons in the known universe. So there's not even as, as enough electrons in the universe for this thing to work. This is just a tiny little 43 amino acid protein. Do you know how big the DNA of man is? The, the, the code that we each have for the building, it's the building blocks of life. We all have a different DNA. And do you know if you were to type that DNA out, and by the way, I wrote down, <clears throat> I don't know what I'm talking about here, but I wrote down what DNA, DNA is made from four chemicals, okay? Cytosine, guanine, adenine and thiamine. Now, someone here is most probably a scientist, and you might correct me on that, but I think I've got it right there. Do you know if you were to write down the code in in written form for one cell of your body, it would take 6,000 A4 sheets of paper? And yet people say that came by chance? Uh, Now, I'm not that smart, but I'm smart enough to know that that cannot come by chance. It had to be designed That's why when the Bible says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and if the truth be known, we only know a fraction of how God made us. That's the first thing. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now keep a bookmark there. Did I say two passages? We're going to go to one more. Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11. Revelation 4 and verse 11. and this is what it says Thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honour and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Point number one I am fearfully and wonderfully made Point number two I am made for God's pleasure. Why am I made? For God's pleasure We have to realise these things Okay Keep those two things in mind keep those two things in mind and come over to the book of job i love the book of job it's my favorite book in all the bible don't be scared at the book of job it's an incredible book if you don't understand it just keep reading it just keep reading it here's this character job uh the grandest most godly man in the world at the time and uh you know the story um uh god said to satan have you seen my my man job here and and of course we know the story. Satan said, Yeah, he's he's doing all right now, Lord. But he says, You take away all that he has and we'll see how he goes. And God said, Alright, off you go. Just don't touch his life, don't touch his body. So he lost everything. And Job, what did Job say? The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. So Satan went back and said, Lord, yeah, if you yeah, that's all right, but you you touch his body and we'll see how he goes. So the Lord said, Okay have at him I'll, I'll 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 you know you can have a go at job but you can't take his life so here's job covered head to toe in boils sitting down scraping himself in the dust what a what a sight <clears throat> his wife wasn't much use she said ah curse god and die his three friends including the shortest man in the bible Bildad the shoe height <laughs> they weren't much use now the fourth friend Elihu he actually was a bit better than the first three but they were useless they were pretty well useless and we have this this um, this dialogue going on between the three friends and Job and, and then along comes Elihu and so on and then for four of the last five chapters God turns up you know what God does God says all right Job you've gone through all this now it's my turn to speak it's my turn to speak. Now, looking in, it's, it's always good to have hindsight. But looking back at Job, I mean, <clears throat> Job, when, when, does anyone suffer like Job? Boy, oh boy, he suffered. But we look back and see how he ended up. But he was going through this. He didn't know what was going on. God said, all right, Job, I'm going to teach you some stuff now. And basically, for four chapters, God taught him about the stars and so on. And then he gave him a whole bunch of animal stories. He taught him about animals. He said, listen, Job, what you need to do, you need to go and you need to look about the, the, the unicorn uh, and you need to look at the eagle and, and so on. And uh, <clears throat> because we don't have the time, I'm going to go straight to the, the animal I want us to look at this evening. He said, Job, I'm going to t- teach you about this animal called the ostrich. Here we go. Um, <clears throat> Job 39 and verse 13. Said so Job, "Did you gave us thou the goodly wings unto the peacocks, or wings and feathers unto the ostrich?" Now, hang on. What are wings and feathers for? Someone tell me. Anyone awake tonight? To for flying. Okay. Now we have a problem. Well, we think we have a problem here. God gave wings and feathers unto the ostrich, but the ostrich can't fly. Yeah. So we have a little problem here. Uh, God says, hang on, Job, I gave the wings and feathers. Now, <clears throat> now, there's very good reason why an ostrich can't fly, okay? <laughs> can you imagine the control tower here at um, Albury Airport saying, uh, you know, or the pilot coming in, no, this is Victor Charlie, Charlie, we've got a flock of ostriches at 4,000 feet. be I think God knew there were going to be jet engines one day. You know, the seagulls at Sydney Airport are bad enough. Imagine hitting an ostrich. And I can think of some other reasons, but we won't go into those as well. As to why the ostrich can't fly, Um, God goes on. He says, "Okay, I've given wings and feathers under the ostrich, and we know they can't fly." And he goes on and says, "Verse number fourteen, which leaveth her eggs in the earth, and warmeth them in the dust." Now, what does a bird normally make to look after her eggs? She makes a nest. You knew that, didn't you? They make a nest. You know, and they make elaborate nests. And what's that bird that makes the nests out of plastic bottle tops? Is that the the bower bird? The bower bird. Yeah, I mean, I have not think I had plastic in Job's day, but they make a nest. Well, here's this this bird, this bird. And by the way, this is a big bird. Um, <clears throat> now, a big ostrich can get to ten feet tall, two point eight meters. They can weigh up to 155 kilos. They have two toes on each foot. Um, An ostrich egg is the largest single cell in the world. Did you know that? Uh, Their brain is as small as a walnut. (laughs) In actual fact, their brain is smaller than their eyes. Yeah, you didn't know that either, did you? Yeah, yeah. And evidently they can see up to three and a half kilometres away. Now, I'm not sure how the the scientists figure that out. I really don't know how you do that. I don't know how you speak ostrich to ask them. But you've got this great, big, ungainly, ugly-looking bird. And then here's the mother ostrich. And she doesn't know how to make a nest. So when she lays her eggs, she just lays them in the dirt, in the dust. That's what it says there. Um, verse 15, and she forgetteth that the foot may crush them or that the wild beasts may break them. So she, there's no protection for those uh, those eggs and they get stamped upon and, and other animals would, would come and, and, and eat them and so on. She's not much of a mother. And then it goes on to say here, verse number 15, sorry, 16. peradventure, one of those little ostrich chicks makes it She's hardened against her young ones, and though they were not hers. Her labour is in vain without fear. So even here's the little ostrich chicks, and and if one hatches out, the mother mother disowns her own chicks. It's as though they're not hers. Now we're coming up through, um, where were we on uh, Friday? Was that uh, the other side of... Oh, somewhere in Victoria um, anyway it's, it's lambing season there's little lambs everywhere and I used to sh- dip sheep for a living so I know a little bit about sheep and my young family were we were sheep farmers for generations but you know when those little little lambs uh, uh, they all look the same and there's hundreds if not thousands of them in some paddocks and they're all going bah, bah, bah. Uh, you know the mother the ewe they know exactly which one's theirs they do we don't they do but here's the ostrich, they've got no idea. They disown their own <clears throat> kids. Her labor is in vain. And now we know what we know why. Look at verse 17. Because God hath deprived her of wisdom, neither hath he imparted to her understanding. That's pretty clear. The ostrich is as thick as two planks put together. <laughs> That's what it's saying. The ostrich is almost brainless, it's got a tiny little brain, it can't figure out what to do with it. Hey, <clears throat> You ever feel like an ostrich sometimes? (laughs) We like to think that we soar with eagles, okay? Yeah, we're the eagles. We soar up on the currents. But most of the time, we're like ostriches. You ever feel like an ostrich? I do. I feel like an ostrich. I, I just don't understand what's going on. I'm not very good at this. I'm not very good at that. The ostrich doesn't do much. But thankfully, remember, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I'm made... For God's pleasure. God made the ostrich. Why did God make the ostrich? Look here at verse number 18. What time she lifteth up herself on high, she scorneth the horse and his rider. You know what the ostrich can do? They can run very, very fast. And they can accelerate very, very fast. In fact, they accelerate so quickly, they just poke fun at the at the, at the, the racehorse, you know, the thoroughbred. Um, Now, I've got some stats here from the internet. I don't know if it's true. Most probably is. We see, believe, half of what you read. But evidently, the ostrich can reach 70 kilometres an hour and can do 100 metres in five seconds. What's the world record? 9.6, I think. Um, The ostrich can do 100 metres, brother, in five seconds flat. And unlike the cheetah who runs out of puff after about 30 seconds, the ostrich can run 50 kilometres an hour for 30 minutes and get this a 6 week old ostrich chick can keep up with their parents that's that's pretty cool what, what's what's the lord saying here what's what's he saying here he's saying listen i made the ostrich to do one thing and it does that one thing very very well it's not much of a parent uh, it's not going to it's never going to be a scientist it's uh it's as thick as a plank and i've actually deprived the ostrich of wisdom that's the way i made it but i tell you what when they run they run like the wind Every animal out has a defence mechanism. You know the little the little rock rabbit in, the, in in the book of Proverbs gets gets under the under the crevice and hides, and you know and, and the uh, the moth and the leviathan, whatever those animals were. They all have defence mechanisms. And the lion, you know, roars, and and, and and some animals climb up trees, and some animals dig holes, and some animals swim away. The ostrich doesn't have to do any of that. It just puts on the afterburners, and nothing can catch it. What's the application? find what you can do and do it find what God has made you to be and God has gifted you as one of his children and do it don't complain about how God has made you if only I was something else if only I was someone else I could serve God forget about all that God made you exactly the way you are and God doesn't make any mistakes don't put you down and say, oh, I wish, I wish I had this, I wish I had that. No, 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 no. God made you exactly the way you are. And if you are a child of God, if there was a time in your life when you received Christ as your saviour and God became your heavenly father, at that time God has given you spiritual gifts or at least a spiritual gift. You need to, I'm, not gonna, I'm not telling you what that is, but you need to find out what that is and say, this is how God has made me and I'm going to glorify God the best I can. <clears throat> you can't do everything. Yes, you say. Oh, well, I feel like an ostrich. That's fine. Just run fast. <laughs> Just run. You say you're an eagle. Okay, if you're an eagle, that's fine. Most of us aren't eagles. Most of us don't soar through the sky. That we you know we're ostriches. You know we're not. We're not that good. But but there's something we can do to glorify God for His pleasure. You say. Well, what can I do? You can study, you can pray, you can clean, you can drive, you can call someone encourage them, you can teach, you can give, you can witness. There's something you can do to glorify God. You find out what it is and do it. <clears throat> uh, Robin's auntie, auntie Doris, uh, passed away January, January 8th. She, 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 she got to 100 last year oh, in September. And I, I preached at her funeral. The uh, when she went into aged care, she was ninety-five, and she loved Robin. And Robin went to see her one day, and Auntie was she was saved. She knew the Lord, but she said to Robin, "She said, you know, I knew the Lord from a young age, but I haven't given my life to the Lord. I, I've wasted my life. What am I going to do?" And Robin said, "Auntie." You're stuck here. Your legs are gone. Uh, she was still t- her dying day, sharp as a tack up here, but her legs were gone and so on. She wasn't mobile. Robin said, "Auntie, you can be a prayer warrior, right here in aged care." She said, "What's that?" I said, "Auntie, have you got a prayer journal? What's that?" So Robin sat down with her and showed her how to get a prayer journal. And there's another lady who was actually she's still going. Audrey's still going. Audrey's, what, 95 now. Um, Audrey Long, her, uh, her legs have been gone for years, and she's, you know, um, and she's, she's sort of... People shrink when they get older, you know? And, uh, I mean, she's wrinkled, so wrinkled up, you could have to screw a hat on, you know? That's Audrey. She's so little, and, and... But, you know, Audrey, she prays from 4 to 7 every morning, three hours every single morning. She says, and, and, I, and I visit her. She, she says, Brother, I, uh, I can't do anything else. I can't walk. But I can pray. Uh, as far as servants of God, uh, you know, we need a few more Audrey's. <laughs> we need a few more Aunty Doris's. Um, I'm, I'm the most blessed preacher in the world. You know, I have prayer teams, mainly old people. Well, elderly, elderly people, because they've got more time. I have prayer teams on the Central Coast. I have prayer teams in Coffs Harbour. They're always contact me. Brother, give me. We need more prayer points. And I remember sitting down with Audrey one day, um, you know, who, uh, who helped Robin teach Auntie how to be a prayer warrior and watching Audrey's daily prayer journal. It's one of those, you know, plastic A4 folders. It's about that thick. And I guarantee you, every missionary on your board here, she prays for them every single day. She knows everything about these people. It's her life. Don't say that God made a mistake in making me. Don't say that I wish I was something else or someone else or wish I had some No, 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 God's made you just the way He did. And if you're a Christian, God has saved you. And He's given you at least one gift. Some people have lots of gifts, some people have one, doesn't matter. That's God's that's God's business. God does that. If you've got the five talents, you better use the five talents. If you've got the two talents, you better use the two talents. If you've got the one talent, don't hide it. God's going to be cranky with you. You say, well, I, uh, I don't know what I can do. I don't know what the spiritual gift is. If you don't, if, 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 if you don't know what to do, here's where you start. Romans 12.1 Now I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The only reasonable service for every child of God is every day to get on our knees and say, here I am, Lord. Lord, you might not have much to work with, but you made me the way I am. Here I am. I finish with this story. I think I think it's a true story. but I remember back at um, Condal Park, back in the 70s there, uh, once a year we had what was called Harvest thanksgiving and um <clears throat> uh and of course we I th- people used to bring stuff into church and and we'd thank the lord for the harvest you know and normally it was tin goods and stuff um and then we'd give it to a missionary or whatever but the practice was going many years before that there was a village in africa i'm not sure where it is i'm not sure when this happened but there's a village in Africa, and this particular village, they had a similar thing, a harvest Thanksgiving. And so on a particular Sunday at the beginning of harvest, people would bring down the grain and, the, you know, and, and bits and pieces, fruit, vegetables. I suppose there's a few pigs and a few chickens and so on. And they bring it down the front. And, and of course, you know, um, in Africa, even to this day, the, uh, the ladies do all the work, of course. And of course, they carry stuff in baskets on their head. Um, I've seen them do this in New Guinea. I don't know how they do it. But they carry stuff on their head. And uh, all the ladies brought the stuff down and then they, gave, they had a Thanksgiving service. Thank thank God for the harvest. After everyone came down, one little girl, she's about 12, had a basket on her head. And she came down and she put the basket on the ground. And pastor, the pastor said, uh, Now, uh, what are you bringing today? And the little girl said, we didn't have a very good harvest. I've got nothing to bring. So I'm just going to bring myself. And show she stood in the basket. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. If you can't think of what to do, just step in the basket and say, Lord, here am I. And I've got a pretty fair idea that God will use you some way this week. He will. You're an ostrich or you're an eagle? If you're an eagle, I'd like to meet you. I'm up, learn some tips about <laughs> soaring above everything. No, I identify more with the ostrich. God made you, God made me the way we are. He made us for a reason. So you find what you can do. Find what you can do in the. Hey, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. I'm expecting the trumpet to sound any day now. And when he comes, the opportunity to serve God. It's, uh, now, I know we'll serve God in glory, but the opportunity to serve God here on earth, it's, it's gone. It's finished. It's finished. So you're busy. Get busy serving the Lord. This is, this is not the time to slack off. This is the time. Uh, <clears throat> do what you can. If it's being a prayer warrior, if it's being a, a giver, some, you know, some of you here, it's not me, I'm no good at making money, I'm not a businessman, I'm good at losing money, I'm not good at making money. Some people are really good at, loo- at making money, okay, God's given you that ability to glorify God. Some people are really good with, uh, you know, they're good with technology, they're actually good to, you know, they know how to message and phone call others, you know, well, we'll do it for the glory of God. Do it for God's glory. If you're not a Christian this morning, this evening, if you're not a Christian, then why not? Why, why aren't you part of God's family? The greatest thing in the world is having God as your heavenly father. It's having Jesus as your saviour. He's a wonderful saviour. If you're not a Christian, if you do not know that there was a time in your life when you said, Yes, Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. You were buried. You rose again. That's the gospel, the good news. Jesus, please come into my life. I believe on you according to the promises in your word. If that's you, my friend, now's the time. Tonight's the time to become a Christian. Let's have all heads bowed and eyes closed. <clears throat> in just a moment, we'll sing our last hymn and um, <clears throat> and then uh, I'll hand back to Pastor to come and pray and close however he wants to do that. But I wonder if there's someone here this evening and you'd say in your heart of hearts preacher i don't even know that i'm a christian i don't know that i've ever been saved i don't know that god is my heavenly father now i know tonight hasn't been a gospel message per se but i always like to give an invitation and say listen if you're not a christian why not and if you'd say in your heart of hearts tonight preacher i don't know that i'm a christian I don't know that there was a time. My friend, I'd like to give you the opportunity to respond to the message. Not to me, not to the church, but to God. I wonder if there's someone you'd say, Preacher, that's me. I recognise my need. I'm not a Christian, but I'd like to know more about becoming a Christian. If that's you, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, will you just put your hand in the air just for a moment so I can see it? I'm not going to call your name out because I most probably don't know your name. But I'd like to include you in my prayer in just a moment. Is there someone you'd say, Preacher, that's me. God bless you, I see your hand. Is there someone else you'd say, Preacher, I don't know that I'm a Christian. I don't know there was a time when I was born again. Now, Christian, I'm not going to ask for your hand, but I'm just going to say, don't waste your life. Life is short. The time is short. The night's coming when no man can work. We are wonderfully made. We are made for the pleasure of God. We must please God with our lives. And maybe there's a Christian here and your life is not pleasing to God. Well, now's the time to spend a few minutes and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I confess that my life is not what it should be. But I want my life to please you from now on. How about you just spend some time with the Lord? Say, Lord, you've spoken to me tonight and I I, I need to act Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Uh, We love you, and it is just, Lord, the most wonderful thing to call you Father. And bless the song that is to come in Jesus' name.